0: See you there. Do yourself, back to its roots. I wanna go, I wanna go. To
1: Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now.
0: welcome to your life the mixtape presents headliners each week i am joined by the best and the brightest stars of music from all over the world to find out a little bit about what makes them tick This week, I am joined by a Canadian artist who is back with their two-track EP entitled Once Upon a Flex, and if you are a fan of the melancholic grooves of 80s R&B like I am, this is definitely something you will want to check out. Please welcome the absolutely incomparable R-Flex. Hello.
1: Hey, what's up?
0: It's it's fantastic that you're here. I, I am I am such a fan now. I like
1: oh, you're absolutely you. really amazing. It. Thank you, thank you. Um, is it the first time you heard the EP?
0: It is, it is, oh. and I was like, oh, okay, I'm hooked. This is <laughs> this is it.
1: I love it. Thank you. That's really appreciated
0: so diving right into this um if you could collaborate with any musician living or dead who would it be
1: uh it would have to be kalala kalala is an amazing artist she just dropped her single for her new album which i don't know what the title is but the single is called washed away and the video is stunning i don't think i've ever seen an artist who Consistently, just whenever they drop a song, you can tell there's so much care and that they're, they just hit it. They get it. They can, use, it can be so sparing with words and create a whole picture. They're just so great. That's excellent.
0: Describe um, Once Upon a Flex using only one word cinematic. Yes, that is, yes, that is absolutely the correct word yes
1: <laughs> uh, who
0: who is an artist that uh if they they popped into this zoom right now and they said rflex i need you to go on tour with me who are you who are you dropping everything for
1: i think it's kalala again i <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh the, the mm-hmm. new album's coming i'm hoping when she comes to toronto or if she comes to toronto uh someone whispers my name somewhere in the ether I'm just going to put that out there maybe we need to start talking to people and uh i would love to open for her because i think we would just make a really dope pair
0: that's excellent we're gonna we're manifesting that today we're 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 putting putting that out in the universe it's i've got my fingers crossed for you thank you i've got my toes crossed (laughs) If you could change one thing about the music industry,
1: what would it be? Ageism, absolutely ageism. I think there are so many artists that get better at their craft with age. I just saw Sister Nancy, who is a big reggae artist, and it took so long actually for her to start seeing royalties for her work. And I didn't know she was one of the first Female voices to be heard on a reggae song and before it was dominated by men. And that was like 1982. Oh, and wow. so to then think, you know, she's, I think, in her 60s or, or 70s now. And I saw her perform just in Montreal because I was at Pop Montreal and her voice was incredible rapping, scatting, singing, full volume, belting. And I was like, this is somebody who is older, but has. More energy than Summer Walker, you know. Sorry, sorry <laughs> Summer. Sorry, Summer. I love you, Summer. Um, but like, just just has the vivacity, and it it really sets the idea that oh, because someone got older, that they're no longer relevant or seen as important. So I would definitely change ageism, especially for women.
0: What's What's a venue uh, that you'd give anything to play?
1: I'm gonna look this one up because I don't remember. Um, <laughs> give me a second here. Oh, I think I know. Okay, so I know. Okay, I have some hints. It's in the UK. It is a Oh, O2 Academy Brixton. That is it. <laughs> nice. Um, I would love to perform there. Uh, I would love to go to Manchester. I think my music makes sense in the UK. Um, I don't know if I would draw up the same crowd. I'm not there yet. I would like to get there. Um, I think Charlie XCX performed there, and it was like her. No, I don't. I think it was like her first time she sold out the show in London, and she was like, "Oh my God, this is so fantastic!" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah," you know, like I would love that feeling, and so, um, and I would just like to connect with uh the UK. because so they really feel like they get music and the venue is just it's a cute stage. It looks really like it's big but intimate. Um and so yeah, that's that's the spot.
0: If if there happen to be any UK promoters uh listening to this, uh please hit up my friend RFlex uh to play Brixton Academy.
1: Please call me my number is anyway, we'll, we'll discuss later. <laughs>
0: What do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process?
1: Being wordy. It's hard pinning down the right words to convey an idea as quickly as possible. And so I tend to edit. But one thing I like is most times when I write, things just flow. Um, But I'm also learning the other process of really sitting down with a song, especially with another songwriter and really trying to be like, how can we get this first line that's gonna tell the whole story without telling the whole story. And so really picking and being choosy with words is is something I'm working on. Nice.
0: What's a song that whenever you hear it on like the radio or streaming or something, you go, Damn, I wish I had written
1: that. Mm, That's a good question. Um, Oh, Charlie XCX is gone. That one, it definitely, it's so conversational, Charlie's part, and then somewhat abstract during Christine and the Queen's part, but still relatable, that I'm like, how did they nail down the feeling of having anxiety at a party or during a hookup so seamlessly between the two of them. And that idea that I need to run away. I can't even stay here. <laughs> um, it's just one of those songs that but the, minute, the minute I heard it, I was like, this is an instant hit. So that's, that's one song where I was like, I wish I wrote that one. I want to be trapped in a bubble box. <laughs> <laughs> Describe your perfect day. Ooh, okay. So my perfect day is I warm up, I go to the studio, and I'm there for, let's say, six hours, and I bang out maybe like three or four songs, and they sound great. My resonators are clear. I'm not feeling stuffed up. And then after I celebrate by eating cheese because I wasn't allowed to eat cheese before (laughs) because it was going to cause too much mucus. And I have a nice pint of beer. Nice. Um, And some, maybe some Greek food. Let's get some Greek. I like Greek food. You're into Greek food? Yeah, You can come with me. (laughs) Excellent.
0: I'm there. (laughs) What's a song lyric, yours or someone else's, that's always stuck with you?
1: Ooh. Um, oh, I would say We're going back to Kalea again uh, She has a song called Something Else And the lyric She sings a lyric And it's about it's to her lover that she knows is cheating And she says to him I already know I've seen the future And it's over Oh, <laughs> wow So it gives me like that instant panic Where I'm like, oh my god someone is articulating, seeing the end of a relationship and already announcing that it's over <laughs> as they see it coming. And I'm like, that's, I, I like, few words, very few words, but, like, just to do that with language is just incredible. So that's, that lyric came out, what, 2013, and I'm still quoting it in 2022 and being like, that was it. I was like, whoa, everyone, like, my <laughs> <Yeah>. drop. <laughs> What's your
0: favorite cuss word?
1: Oh, <laughs> clot. It's a uh, Jamaican okay. slang. Um, I don't know why the bum had to be plotted, but it is, and <laughs> <laughs> it's quite enjoyable to say. Just because I think it's different than more like English-sounding ones that are more like or you know where it's like the yeah. just has like a kind of like rhythm to it and then the clot at the end is like stops it up and it just sounds like music so that's why I really like it <laughs> I love that what
0: is your favorite Beyonce song?
1: from Dress excellent um, answer <laughs> It's it's one of those ones okay so just one thing about the whole B-Day project it looked in ways undercooked <laughs> like not fully when we compare it to like the visual album of Beyonce and Lemonade it looks like you know Beyonce had this idea coming a long time ago and she had already come up with a visual album but didn't market it that way but then when Freak and Dress dropped it was one of those songs that I just thought was so high octane and just had so much energy and was so cheap it's such a cheeky song like you know like i'm gonna go in the closet and get my freaking dress on so my man who i'm mad at will freak me later (laughs) because he sees (laughs) other men watching me and i'm like oh that's clever (laughs) it's and
0: like the minute that song starts like it goes hard the hard like and and it doesn't all of it yeah
1: all of it it doesn't stop i'm like i'm so impressed by her vocal in it where i'm like you think that she's going to cap out and she doesn't. She just keeps yeah. going harder and harder. And the harmonies are so intricate intricate, and like, they just catch your ear. And you're like, you're like, I, I had to, at that moment, I'm kind of like, Beyonce is the musical genius in the sense of like the way she thinks the background vocals and her own front vocals, even if the debate is whether she writes her songs. Regardless, if so, I think the arrangement making the song in the writing. She's like the song person of the writing. I think that's something that she has down pat and Freaking Dress is a great example of that.
0: What's something that people would be surprised that you own?
1: Oh, um, I own a red pair of Vans (laughs) from 2019 um I'm not really a skater and I've never worn these shoes um, <laughs> <laughs> I got them from pop Montreal and yeah they just I will I will wear them at some point I swear I will but uh <laughs> I I just have not and I don't think anyone would imagine with my style which is like more kind of like bold and like cyber looking and etc that they would imagine me wearing these bands because it's just like much more like street and skater like but yeah I love that
0: if there was a musical Mount Rushmore for you who would be on it
1: oh my god um Charlie XCX Kalella. Janet Jackson. Excellent. And Khalees. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a dope combo. I know it's all, like, all women. Um, and I think it'd just be such a subversion of the current <laughs> Russian. <laughs> <laughs> People would be like, what is going on? That's not George. And I'm like, oh, you don't need George anymore. We've had a lot of George. We I mean love Khalees. that. <laughs>
0: Describe your music using only colors.
1: Okay. Um, This one's hard because I'm not, I don't have synesthesia and I know some people do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shout out to Lord, shout out to Charlie, if they can help me with this one. Um, I see yellow. um, I see silver. I see purple um I see black uh yeah in like a calming but vibrant sense I like sense. that yeah
0: yeah that that tracks yes yeah yeah so you're you're putting together like a super group and that you are the lead singer of who are the other members
1: I know no one can see me lifting my eyebrows right now, but I am. <laughs> um, I already have made the super group. Um, oh. So <laughs> um, I came up with a song called Too Late back in March. And in it um, are Tafara Anthony, um, a Canadian pop soul singer, and uh, Desire who is like a Afrobeat neo-soul singer. And um, definitely check out that song, definitely check out that video. I still think it's one of the best pop song, pop R&B songs to come out of Toronto this year. It's over a UK Garage Beat. It's so fun. And that's, it. we look like a super group. We're both, we're all solo artists, but you know, there's definitely a moment where we all kind of looked at each other. Once we saw the response, we're like, okay, we kind of have to make another response. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, and it wasn't until we actually performed at Club 14's second anniversary and to hear folks singing the song back to us, it was just like, oh, oh cool. Okay, y'all really rock with us. So I, that's my, that's my super group. That's what I got going on. We can maybe trade in some members here and there whenever it's needed, but uh, that, that's the one. Love that. So the the
0: music industry bigwigs come down from on high and uh, they push a mountain of cash at you. And they say that you are allowed to cover one song from any artist's catalog. Money is no option. We're going to record it. We're going to promote it, do music videos, tours, the whole thing. What song do you pick?
1: Pearl Jam's "Release Me. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> uh, that song, I think it, it, it's something, like I don't usually sing in my lower register, um, but my song, my voice would sound really gorgeous in that. And then also I am a fan of Eddie Vedder's voice, uh, especially that 10 album. I know it's the most commercial cruel Jam album I've ever in. Get mad at me. I don't care. Um, but that song, especially a song about wanting to connect with his father, it just really hits hard. And it just it's just one of those, like, titanic 90s grunge songs that feel, like, larger than life. And then just the, the words release me. Like, it just has a poetry to it and an ease. And just when Eddie Vedder sings it, it just feels like, whoa, we're singing out. On a mountain, to the sea, to a big crowd. Like, just, it just feels massive. And I just love that. And I totally rock it.
0: That's amazing. I love that.
1: <laughs> What's the song that you've
0: written that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack?
1: Huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Honestly. I think the fog, I think the fog would be great. Um, There's a little of a Phil Collins vibe in it um, when we do one of the switching of the hooks. And like, I think I have like these Janet-esque, Whitney-esque, Luther-esque tones. And it just has a cinematic feeling that I really feel like, I don't know, depending on what the movie is, like if it's like uh, something really great for the intro, um or something great for the closing credits or i don't know maybe like this person or character is like in the belts of searching for love and just keeps finding it in the wrong places you know i feel like the fog would nail that feeling and would be a great soundtrack yes So
0: this next question is uh, kind of a choose your own adventure thing. Um, I have three of the most cliche questions that all musicians get asked in interviews. And I'll let you pick the one that you would like to answer. (laughs) Uh, Your choices are, who are your influences? What got you started in music or what is your creative process like?
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go with creative process. Um, (laughs) um, We love a good cliche. Uh, So I would like pop music sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my creative process, uh, it can change. um, But mostly I really, when I come to approaching writing a song, um, two ways I've done it most frequently are either I get a beat that I really like where I'm like, I have to write to this beat. And I, you know, you know, cause my brain gets hyper fixated on things. I'll just listen to it like 10 times, whether I'm walking, I'm in the shower or I'm, you know, sitting down at my desk, you know or I'm just pacing. Cause I'm my brain is trying to figure out the beat and trying to be like, okay, like what fits, what can work. Um, And so then I just begin writing and editing and sometimes like I'll start the song uh, with like a verse and a hook. Most times I'm trying to get the hook down because I think the hook is like the whole story as well. Um, But then uh, sometimes I'll come back to it and finish it up later. But I usually try to finish most of it in one sitting. The other way, and this is something I'm blessed to have, is... I sometimes just get song ideas and melodies in my head. Uh, I also sometimes dream in music. um, And so I will get a melody and then I'm like, oh, or a few words. And then I'll just like record it into my phone. So I have, I use my voice note on my phone and just record the the melody. um, And sometimes I'll, most times that's where I'll get like a first verse and a hook. um, And then I'll finish up the rest later. Uh, Some of my songs, um, I can give an example of both examples of my process. So for the last one I just described, uh, uh, my song Inhale started like that, um, where I actually started with uh, creating the baseline with my voice. uh, 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 And I was like, okay. And then I was like, you, you, like adding that and then interpolating more things into it until, I had an idea of what I knew the background, arrangement was gonna sound like, and then I came with the vocal, uh, the lyrics for the melody on top. Um, and then if we think about beat wise, uh, we can talk about the, the Fog, Hounds of Hell, both songs where I, I got the beat. And I was just like, this is so epic and cinematic. I must write. Um, <laughs> um, and different from like maybe a more pop format of like my Flex of Benefits record, Uh, just because it's lengthier and like the hook is not as repetitive um but um those songs i I just sat down and i was like so obsessed that i just had to write what i was feeling out and yeah so those are that's my creative process take care of it
0: (laughs) what's your strangest pre-show ritual
1: oh strangest eh? Um, Other than warming up uh, I like to warm up twice Um, I really enjoy Changing into My clothes And taking video Um, (laughs) um, That could be My shows are pretty wild in some ways Because like definitely sometimes underwear shows Um, (laughs) So You know behind the scenes, there could be more underwear. So that's my strangest pre-show ritual. I like to feel myself and feel really good (laughs) before I get on stage. Do you consider
0: yourself an artist or an entertainer?
1: Both. Do I have to choose? Both. (laughs) You you can be both? (laughs) Um, I think maybe more of an artist in one sense, because. I feel like I haven't hit my TikTok stride. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, those are entertainers. They're really doing the trends daily. And I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna crack open a bubbly and have a nice <laughs> little of pop, you know. Um, but um I think when I perform though, I go so hard. Um and I, I it was uh, just thinking about my pop trial performance and Folks were just stunned. I actually blew the sub. Um, And so... (laughs) So actually, um, a rapper, Wally, tweeted at Backwash, uh, who's a Polaris-winning artist, and was like, I think y'all two need to go on tour together because ArtFight just blew the sub at this last show, and apparently Backwash has blown the sub at their last few shows. Um, So definitely entertaining, uh, but definitely such an artist when it comes to getting the visuals together and like I I just manage kind of everything getting visuals songwriting picking the beats I just I feel like I have great taste so (laughs) I'll take that for me as a guest.
0: (laughs) Excellent how many alarms does it take to get you out of bed in the morning?
1: One usually one um I wish I could sleep more that would be great I'm usually a six hour baby um but um unless I've gone out the night before and I've been partying and I need to you (laughs) know snooze maybe two or three times just so I can like get close to five hours at least (laughs) Uh, most times one because yeah I'm I'm more of an anxious sleeper so I struggle to get to six hours so I just wake up on my own
0: yeah what do you think is the biggest misconception about musicians
1: um as a vocalist i'm gonna say vocalists are treated as if they're not musicians um which i find interesting because then when i say like oh i i make music and people are like well what do you play and i'm like my voice. <laughs> a lot of people don't see, strangely, singing as being a musician. Um, I think there's just like a idea of like <clears throat> it's not a. I guess maybe it's not a a visible instrument. You don't see the chords and the finger playing or whatever in the way that you would uh, another instrument. Um, whereas uh, for the voice, I think it's one of the hardest um, things to master. Um, And I think it's a misconception that vocalists are not musicians. I would never go to Whitney Houston and be like, you're not a musician. Yeah. That would be insane. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and just the understanding of different things you do with your voice, your palate, your tongue, your chest, in order to produce different sounds. It's a lot of coordination. It's why I, I can respect a Beyonce, because I'm like, wow, not only does she have the coordination now, but she's also moving all the time. Um, incredible. Um, and so I think, I, you know, I, I would never discount a vocalist as a musician. So I think that's a, a mess.
0: What uh, What moment in your career are you most proud of? Huh.
1: Hmm. I think I'm really proud of my club quarantine performance that I did at the start of the pandemic, Lovato. Um, that's what I call it. <laughs> I. <laughs> Went back to my parents' house temporarily, and my dad's a pastor, and I performed a striptease in one of the bathroom showers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And had the support of my siblings holding these flashing lights at the same time. Um, And so it was a wild moment, like people lost it. Um, And it was one of the first, I think, online performances of the pandemic and the club quarantine turned out to be like this huge online party and it was just great to get to do something like that but I feel is historic and you know different than I think what people imagined you can do in your home as a performance um so I just thought it was really innovative and I'm really proud of that moment and just the, the 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 context of what happened, even if the people on PubQ don't know, you know, it's just like one of those things where it's like, yeah, gay rights through <laughs> the church, you know, like, you know,
0: so, so taking it back a little bit, uh, what's the first song that you remember hearing?
1: Oh wow. Uh I have to stop being wild at every question. <laughs> <laughs> they like taylor swift at the award shows which is constantly shot when she won (laughs) um but um there are two um i don't know which came first uh so one is mary j blige's be happy Um, i remember being in my aunt's car and we were just driving around going to different playgrounds like
0: brilliant. Like,
1: if you want to take care of the kids, just drive them to different playgrounds and let them have fun. And I remember we were in a car. And this is back when there was a radio station called WBLK that came out of Buffalo um, that we would sometimes get over here in Toronto. And I remember hearing that song. And just, I didn't know what it was. I just remember it being beautiful and also sad. And I remember being a kid and being like, well, just a lot of emotion. Um, And it really stuck with me. Um, And another song that had that same, like, kind of beautiful, melancholy feel that I remember was uh, uh, Joe Cocker's You Are So Beautiful. Um, And I remember being in the back of my dad's car. We were picking up my mom. It was, like, late at night, like, I don't know, like, 1130 or whatever. We were were picking her up from work. And I heard, heard that song. And I just... That same, like, I'm like, why do I want to cry? Like, I'm four (laughs) years old, and I want to cry because this is just so beautiful. Um, And so I remember those two songs as, like, the first songs I heard, and I was like, whoa, music, bow down, power tune. Nice.
0: If you could go back to the moment you decided that music was it for you. Would you do anything differently?
1: Oh, yeah. I would have worked with uh, my main producer, Zlender, a lot sooner. Um, I think the reason why it didn't happen is we were in different cities, and I got introduced to him through another producer I was working with in London, Ontario. And Zlender is just so talented and, like, too humble, way too humble. Like, like, did the assistant mixing for Drake's Hotline Blame, and will not take the grammy for it and i might just get your grammy like
0: (laughs) i mean if he if he won't take it all i'll put it in my house like
1: (laughs) (laughs) i need some decor um (laughs) and so um i've just been so blessed and fortunate to work with him and um yeah i would have just i think that would have helped me outline sooner what was possible and what i wanted
0: what keeps you up at night?
1: Uh, relationships. <laughs> <laughs> uh am not even in one, but it's like dating and like figuring out what I want. That definitely, which is great for song making. I'll say that like, it's, it's great for like being like, oh, I'm having a feeling. This is reminding me of this thing. It was just like, but it's just like a lot of work, so that definitely, for me as an anxious sleeper, oh yeah, like getting up for an hour, brains running. I'm like, ugh, I just have to wait till the hour is up, and then I'm like, I can go back to bed. But yeah, that's it.
0: Would Would you ever consider trying your hand at maybe acting full
1: time? Totally. Why not? Um If I had a really great coach sure um in grade 10 (laughs) (laughs) i took a drama class and won the drama award um and i mean i should definitely take these skills to tiktok more often um (laughs) (laughs) and so um i think it would be really cool to do something in comedy or dramedy that would be interesting um and yeah put that you know like really devote time to that and understanding different things of body language and how to communicate in front of a camera and do different things with your voice um also like if if this acting also included voice acting i'm so there i'm so there 100 you know you can do it too i think voice acting would be great for you because i feel like if you're doing a podcast Uh. voice work is it
0: Uh, So tell uh, the folks at home and uh, listening all over the world, uh, tell us about Once Upon a Flex.
1: Yeah, so Once Upon a Flex is an EP, two-track EP um, that recalls the 80s and tries to get some of the emotions I feel are bubbling under 80s R&B because artists like Whitney Houston and Luther Van Ross and others aren't allowed to come out, or they just don't. uh or it's like an open secret. Folks know, but nobody really is saying anything. Right. Um, and so I think by dealing with my own um experiences with like not being out, but like seeing somebody or um having like mental health issues and like having to deal with it in sorry about that <laughs> um, having <laughs> mental health issues and having to deal with it in public um I think really allows for um anyone who's listening to Once Upon a Flex to really just get into the emotions of like queer folks and realize it's like things that everyone experiences in terms of like, uh, you know, not being sure whether, you know, like feeling desperate or feeling paranoid or vulnerable or or sexy or sad, like these are all things that everyone can experience. Um, But I think in that context and with that intention, uh, yeah, Once Upon a Flex, it's like a record that's happening two times at once. So it's like the eighties, but it's now, so.
0: Nice. And what, what does the future hold for R flex what's on the horizon for you
1: an album, um and beginning to put that together um and i am petrified (laughs) i am so scared um because i want it to be good and i know i have the goods to make it good um but um i'm just uh beginning that process i have My friend, a lot of my friends have come out with their first album. I'm like, oh, that's great, great for you. And I'm just like, (laughs) is it my time? Um, And I think it is. So I also have an EP on the way that I'm working on with uh, producer Eitan Tobin um, from Bedroomer, a small indie label here in Toronto. Uh, We've worked together before on a song called Na 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 that I've created. And this EP, um, it's gonna like a few things is gonna deal with some things that i haven't talked about before like you know my own issues of perfectionism my own transness um also liking to party and making sure my friends party as hard as i do um and then also just like you know falling in love with the or falling for another trans person and feeling like i want you to be as real and authentic as you are as opposed to you know fake so Um, yeah, just, just a lot on the horizon.
0: Excellent. Um, thank you so much for being here. I have, I have enjoyed this so much and I, I cannot wait for, for everything that you are going to put out and everything that's coming your way. I feel like there's, there's big things for you.
1: Wow. That's really sweet of you, Greg. I have had such a good time just chatting with you and all your questions Um, this has been super fun.